Hey guys, welcome back to News They Ain't Telling You, where politics meets pop culture. Okay, let's get into the quick news. We don't have much of it today, so um, here we go. First of all, it has been rumored and confirmed now by a couple sources that President Biden has been trying to reach out to North Korea, and North Korea has not given him a response. Apparently, this has been going on for about a month. Of course, the infamous relationship between the leader of North Korea and then President Trump is not uh, lost on anyone, so we shall see. Um, Second new story here is that the Army is apparently reviewing the Pentagon investigation into Michael Flynn's dealings with Russia and other countries. Michael Flynn, of course, was pardoned by uh, then-President Trump. However, the Army review and all that, I think it's completely separate. So Michael Flynn's drama continues. Um, George Floyd's estate has received $27 million as a settlement. Um, from the state of Minnesota. The trial is still ongoing. They have, they're picking jurors as we speak, so that will play out in the next couple of weeks. New York Senators uh, Schum, um, Schumer and Gilbrand have called now for Como to resign. Um, I'm going to get into that a little bit deeper here a little bit later, but they both officially have called for them to him to resign on top of, I think it's 15 different state senators and state legislators from New York, so the, the walls are kind of coming in on him here. Um, stimulus payments have started to officially go out. They are in some people's uh, accounts as we speak, which is amazing. However, there's a little bit of a glitch with the Wells Fargo <laughs> payments. For some reason, they're delaying it until Monday, and people are quite upset. So if they didn't need any other reason to leave Wells Fargo, maybe this is the final straw for some people. So Governor Newsom's recall effort has reached the, the miracle number of 2 million signatures. So now that it has reached that number, there will be a recall special election. Um, if he survives that, then he will keep his job until the end of the term. If he does not survive that, well, then we are out of a governor in California. Enter in the lieutenant governor. Um, that would be two states having a governor leave before their term is over. So that is interesting. There's a lot of conspiracy theories about Newsom and, and Como and what's going on and all of that. But... Um, FEMA is being sent to the border because the crisis with the migrant children is getting pretty out of control. There's a lot of rumors of going on on what may or may not be happening with these kids, and the kids continue to come. So that he's sending down FEMA. Um, apparently, J-Lo and A-Rod split, and I was one happy girl. And then it was, just kidding, they're not split, they're still together. So I don't really know what's going on. But um, I will say the coverage on this irritates me a little bit because JLo, of course, has been engaged multiple times. And everyone is sort of making fun of this and saying, is she going to keep, you know, each time she gets engaged, the ring gets bigger and bigger. Good for her, for one. But two, at least she's not marrying the guy, most of the guys, right? Ben Affleck, she didn't marry. And, and now A-Rod, hopefully, she doesn't marry. So, I mean, like, does it really matter? No, it doesn't really matter. Who cares? She obviously is, she loves love. That's what I always say about JLo. She loves love. Um, we may be seeing a possible of Obama quote unquote failure repeating itself in terms of, um, when Obama put out Obamacare, he didn't send a whole lot 
of press coverage of his allies to go out there and sort of sell it in terms of who actually worked for him, not necessarily just work for Congress. And it was a bit of a failure. They look back now and Biden said he didn't want to repeat that. And here we are on Sunday morning and there's not a single ally. I think maybe he sent one one person out to do the Sunday shows. President Biden, of course, is in Delaware. This is his third time since taking office over 50. He's gone over 50 days now without a press conference. A lot of people are saying, why does it matter if he goes to Delaware? He has a very tight-knit family, which is true. Um, The 50 days without a press conference at this point, Barack Obama had already done two. Um, Trump had done five, and that's because he liked to hear himself speak. And I think W. Bush had done four. So he's done none. A lot of people are saying he's busy working and Well, I mean, Obama walked into a disaster after W. Bush and he was able to do two. So I think that upsetting the press um, at this point is not something that you want to do. And giving them press conferences and giving them access to the president is, you know, the the best thing. And like I said, there was not a whole lot of representatives um, from the White House to do the Sunday shows, which are the most watched news programs of the entire week. Of course, Pelosi was out there selling it and doing her due diligence Um, I know that Vice President Harris and President Biden will travel the country this week. They're going to be going to, I think, New Jersey, Colorado, uh, Pennsylvania, all swing states, (laughs) this week and selling the the American Rescue Plan. Um, So we are officially halfway through President Biden's first 100 days. And the first 100 days of every president, doesn't matter if it's a Republican or Democrat, are the most vile. So he has accomplished this big America Rescue Plan. However, it's not bipartisan, so that's sort of the turning point. He has gone to Delaware a lot. Um, You know, he hasn't done the press conferences. So there are some concerns there, but people need to stop. In my opinion, people kind of need to stop and stand back and go, are we not upset that he's going to Delaware because we're just so relieved that Trump is gone? Are we really not upset because we don't really care? Um, you know, we can't, all I can say is we can't go on and on for four solid years about how often Trump was going golfing and not have questions about Biden going to Delaware. I understand that he has grandkids and I understand that he has a tight knit family, but I'm starting to see it as like the president is doing nine to five in a way. And that's the perception of what the press I know is trying to sell. And then he's going to Delaware back home for the weekends And that's not being the job of the president of the United States. So there is some concern there. And I think it's okay to say there's concern. And and don't be nervous or scared to say there's concern. There's a little bit of a concern there. And I really do wish that he could do a press conference. I think it's important to touch base not only with the American people, not just in a written speech, but as like a one-on-one. And, you know, the press, they they want him. So there you go. Um, Pelosi came out today and is got as close as she could to telling Como to resign without telling him to resign. She basically says that he needs to look inside and see if he can lead. And what's interesting about that is that Hakeem Jeffries, who I believe will be the next Speaker of the House after Pelosi is gone, um, he, he represents a district in New York, of course. He basically said kind of the same thing. Um, he said, you know, these women should be taken seriously and these are true accusations and, you know, they need to be investigated thoroughly and we should believe women, which is what Pelosi said as well. And but she also he also said he should really look inside himself to see if he can continue to lead. So the fact that they sound kind of the same is even more proof to me that Hakeem is the future of the Democratic Party in the House. 
Um, I just want to say this about all these Republicans who are shouting about bipartisanship, um, about how the American Rescue Plan couldn't get a single Republican and on and on. Well, if bipartisanship works both ways and you've got to come to the table as well, just want to say this. There's been 16 nominees um, that Biden has put forth for his cabinet that has made it in front of the Senate thus far. Um, only one didn't make it all the way through near a Tandon. So I just want to say this. So all these Republicans who are shouting about bipartisanship, Hawley, who is, of course, from Missouri, he voted no 15 out of 16 of these nominations. Cruz from Texas, 14 out of 16. Scott from Florida, 14 out of 16. Cotton from Arkansas, 13 out of 16. And Tuberville from Alabama, 12 out of 16. So where's the bipartisanship there? Where is the, you know, most of these people who, who Biden put forth in his cabinet, except for maybe two or three of them, have been around the block for a while. And Cruz, like Cruz voted no against Merrick Garland. Mitch McConnell voted yes even for Merrick Garland for attorney general. Um, and he said that he doesn't think, he thinks he's going to be biased. And he thinks when just a few years ago, that was the guy that Republicans were telling Obama to pick as a Supreme Court justice because he was the only one that they thought like they would maybe possibly approve, which of course we all know how that turned out. So next time the Republicans are shouting about bipartisanship and how Pelosi's doing things on her own or whatever it is, just keep that in mind. I mean, obviously, Hawley is running for president in 2024, no matter what he says, and he's very chummy with, you know, Trump and all that. 15 out of 16 nominees. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And then you have a Republican congresswoman, Salzar from uh, Florida. She sent an actual email out to her supporters, and she's taking credit for the COVID bill as a bipartisan COVID bill, even though she voted against it. And there was no amendment. She added none of it. And so this is the second Republican now that is trying to take credit for a bill that they didn't even vote for. So that should tell you a lot that they're willing to go out in their districts and say, yeah, yeah, this is great for this, that when they don't vote for it and they shout up a storm when they're in D.C. And then when they go home, they, they you know, tweet a different tune. So Pelosi on the Sunday shows this weekend was making it very clear there was no bipartisanship because they didn't want to meet us at the table. And her next big bill, which is going to be about infrastructure and then immigration, she said on the Sunday shows today that she's hoping that she can reach bipartisanship. And truth be told, she has a very, very slim margin now that we've lost um, former Congresswoman Fudge and we're going to lose Halan. It's very tight. So let's get a little bit further, like I said, into um, the Como, Schumer, Gildebrand kind of situation, shall we? All right. So this Como thing has been going on now, I feel like, for a million years. And I think he's at a breaking point. Um and everyone wants to have a side and everyone is sort of coming out of it like, you know, this is a Trump setup because they want a Republican governor so Trump can be acquitted and this is a setup, this is a setup. I, I mean, we've got two separate situations going on here with him. We have a nursing home situation where each day it comes more and more clear that it was a cover-up and it becomes more and more clear that he cared more about his image than what was happening in his home state with these nursing homes, the decision that he made. So you have that investigation going on. And now you have up to, I think, seven women who have come forward who are saying that he was inappropriate with, with them on multiple levels. One is now saying she was groped by him. 
Um, one of the women reported it to the Albany police when it happened, and nothing happened, of course. Two of the other women went to his chief of staff, which was on record, and nothing happened. So we have some proof here that there is a continued pattern. I think that he doesn't think he did anything wrong because, like he said himself, I've never touched a woman inappropriately. So I think because he's, in his mind, flirty or whatever it is, that it's okay. But it's not. And we can't... (laughs) I'm so sick of people saying this like, well, don't let him out. Don't Al Franken him. Don't Al Franken him. Don't Al Franken. I'm going to tell you guys what really happened with Al Franken. Okay. I know that everyone wants to blame Senator Gildebrand, who I am not the biggest fan of. I want to make this clear. I have never been the biggest fan of her just solely because I don't, I'm not that impressed by her. Okay. However, I am impressed in the way that she has handled herself since the Al Franken debacle. And it was a debacle because there's, there's a couple things that are happening here. And that is with Al Franken, he made the decision to not allow an investigation to go forward. Okay. He could have, he had every right to say, no, Tom Perez, who was the head of the DNC when all of this happened. No, Schumer. No, I'm going to wait till the investigation because I'm innocent. What does it tell you that this man decided to resign and then allowed a woman senator to take more of the blame for his bad behavior? Now, everyone always says it was just a photo, it was just a photo that we know of. There were rumored to be other women who were waiting in the wings who were willing to come forward, and that's what he didn't want to come out. So he left. He is not an innocent like poor Al Franken. If he was innocent, poor Al Franken, he would have called for an investigation and, and sat through the investigation all the way through. He didn't want it. So when Senator Gildebrand came out and said he must go, my, intent, my understanding is that she must have known there was bigger stories waiting on the surface. And as Democrats, we can't turn around and tell Republicans, you, you have bad men in your party and not, and they're not willing to get rid of him if we're not willing to get rid of ours. Just because he has a D next to his name doesn't mean that he's innocent or that it's okay. It's not. There's bad in both sides. So there were a lot of rumors about Al Franken on the Hill. And this when, when this story broke, I was not the least bit surprised. So to say that it was a setup and that get, and second of all, Senator Gildebrand doesn't have that kind of power to force another senator to resign. And everyone who is blaming her, men and women, by the way, sitting around still to this day talking about this damn Al Franken thing like she held a gun to his head and told him to resign early is ridiculous. And you're blaming the woman for a a man's bad behavior. And that's what it was. Al Franken had bad behavior with women. Otherwise, he would have stayed and said, investigate me, go ahead. But he didn't want to. So the same thing is happening now with her and Como because she, her and Senator Schumer came out with a press release saying, it's time, Como, you must go. And what's interesting is that it is a press release she released with Schumer. And yet no one's talking about Schumer calling for Como to resign. Everyone's going back to Gildebrand like she is some powerful woman who's forcing Como to resign, just like the Al Franken situation, even though Schumer's name is on the letter. No one's talking about Schumer. Everyone is talking about Gildebrand. 
And, and to me, it's the most ridiculous, vile thing that I've seen in this entire ordeal. And that's probably why she was a little bit nervous to come out in the first place. Because of what she had to go through with the Al Franken thing. And now it's all brought up again. And I just, I see this situation with, with Como. And he's a bad man, you guys. I, I hate to break it. I know a lot of you fell under his spell. And I know a lot of you thought that he got us through the COVID. And I know a lot... But I think that Ticker should have been when he released a book in the middle of the pandemic when his state was still deep underwater. That should have told you, like, wait, why? how does he have time to write a book and release the book? And then we've come to find out that they drowned the numbers about the nursing homes so that it wouldn't affect his book sales. He's a bad guy. It's okay to say a Democrat's a bad person. But it's not okay to blame the woman in the room for speaking truth and standing against a bad man. And that is what Kristen Gilderbrand is doing. It took a lot of guts for her to come out this time because of everything that happened with Al Franken. And she came, and which is why I believe she came out with Schumer. So it looked like a tag team effort. And yet she's still the guilty one. So it reminds me very much reminiscent of Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. When Bill Clinton cheated on Hillary Clinton, it was Hillary Clinton who was like, how could you let this happen? How You can't satisfy your man. What's wrong with you? Why are you staying? Why She became the bad one when he did the bad behavior. Still to this day, that's relevant. So we got to do better, you guys. It is okay to say Como's bad. It is okay to say Al Franken is bad. And you know what? We got the better end of the deal anyways. Senator Smith of Minnesota, who replaced him, is a much more productive, statistically productive senator than Al Franken was. Do you guys not remember the Al Franken race? He won by one vote or something in Minnesota. So we're not talking about someone who was this beloved godlike feature, but that's the way when things like this happen, that's the way that everyone talks about him. And it's unfair and it's wrong. Factually, it's wrong. And we can't be the party of women and the party of we're for the ERA and we're for women's rights and we're, if this is how we treat our own. And this is a, a continuous problem. So, you know, and I, and I think that everyone needs to stop with the, well, Donald Trump had 27 women come out. That is true. That is a fact. He had a lot of women come out against him. But don't we, don't we want to be the party that rises above and does better with our bad behavior? Or do we want to be hypocrites? This isn't some takedown. This isn't some, oh my God, you know, and I'm hearing it now with Gavin Newsom too, like it's some takedown. No, I live here in California. He didn't do his job. It's that simple. He had one job, get us through COVID. And he struggled deeply with it. And I don't understand why. So yeah, people are upset. We have a massive homeless problem here. People are upset. When we're the economy for the entire country, people are going to get upset when they don't have strong leadership. That's what's going on here. Como and Newsom messed up, and it's okay to say that. But blaming the women in the room is not okay, and we have to do better. Because if we don't, we're a bunch of liars in the Democratic Party. So that's where the facts stand. Gilderman did not get Al Franken out. Gilbrandt is not going to get Como out. She's not even high enough ranked in the party, you guys, to have that kind of power. So I say to Senator Gilbrandt, I stand with you, and I know that there are others who stand with you, 
and enough of this, okay? Como did bad things. Al Franken did bad things. And we need to say, stop excusing their beha bad behavior because Republicans don't punish their men or their... Yeah, that sucks, you guys. It sucks that we always have to rise above. But dang, it feels a lot better that we're rising above than to be in that swamp over there. Daily Descent with the OG of the HRC. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, AOC did an Instagram Live the day after uh, the signing of the American Rescue Plan. And uh, I, I saw a little bit of it, and I thought to myself, AOC, you are a bold-faced liar. Liar. I am saying it. I am saying it for all of you. You all know I don't like her, but she is a liar. She sat on her Instagram Live, and she told her thousands and thousands and thousands who were tuning in to her that she had an amendment in this bill and she worked nonstop to make sure that there was this massive tax credit for everyone. No, no, you didn't. That is a bold faced lie. You had nothing to do with this bill. Up until about a week ago, you wanted nothing to do with this bill because it w didn't reach your, your criteria of perfection. And now you want to sit here and take credit for this bill? No, sweetheart, there's not a single amendment with your name on it. And how I know that is you just go online and you look it up and, oh, wait, shocking, you have no legislation and two amendments in your entire career and not one of them is for the American Rescue Plan. And I am tired of you constantly showing up after all of the hard work is done, AOC, and, you know, any everything you do, the media flocks to you because you're a beautiful young woman and you know what to say, and you know how to do the dance, and you convince all of these young people that you're something that you're not. You are a fraud. And there is nothing about you that has proven in the last two and a half years that makes me feel any, any other way. They do a power ranking, right? And they do it every start of every Congress. You are ranked in the bottom percent in terms of what you bring to the table. And you go out there and you, you, you claim to be this, 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 uh, this leader of the progressive movement. You're not the leader of anything. You're the leader of your little group with the squad who, when you say jump, they say how high. But beyond that, you're useless. And the media knows that. And the only reason the media loves you is because you drive everyone crazy, including Nancy Pelosi. But you are nothing. And I guarantee you in a few years, when you think that you can run for Senate, you're going to get your ass handed to you because you are a fraud. And you think going to like upstate New York, your, your progressive values is going to matter? Sweetie, you don't even have an office in your home district. And I'm so sick of everyone saying, oh, she raised a 10 million, a billion dollars for Texas. Really, she did that personally or did she just show her face online? And say, give money. And your followers will do it. And, and you showed up and you, and you handed out bottled water. Way to go. Awesome. Again, do you have an office in your district? No, you don't. You don't. So how about you worry about your own backyard? Instead of putting your face out there and claiming to be, you're nothing. How about you write some legislation? That's what your job is, AOC. That's what your job is. I can't wait for the day until you are gone. You are off of the political screen. 
Because this is some bigger picture for yourself. I know it is. I know that you have a bigger idea of being, you don't care about politics. If you cared about politics, you would be like Congresswoman Underwood, who's ranked, oh wait, 39th, 39th, and she started the same day that you did. Who has seven pieces of legislation to her name in two and a half years. Who doesn't get magazine covers, doesn't do Instagram lives, just does her job. So continue AOC doing what you're doing, but I, I know that there's going to be a day where the, those people who love and adore you and think that you are something spectacular are going to wake up and go, wait, what? It was all a lie. It was all a dream because you are a fraud. Okay, guys, until next time, make sure you check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And of course, if you want to listen, you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, and of course, you can watch on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Until next time, OG of the HRC, signing out.